0: Welcome to the Legends of Tabletop Podcast. We're getting ready to jump into the third part of our beloved Bronwyn epic saga of Cthulhu and Victus. Uh, in our last session, they spent a little bit. Of t- investigators spent a little bit of time still around Aqua Um, They ate out, they hung out, they went to the baths, but they talked to the gardener Pasco. He was in a relationship with Bronwyn. Uh, he actually proposed marriage, and she turned him down. We rubbed it in a little bit. It wasn't really intentional, but kind of made him feel bad about it. <laughs> but um, uh, you were like, aren't that... you embarrassed? And he's like, yeah, yeah I,
1: I guess <laughs>
0: uh, we determined that Bronwyn had fled or went to the north uh, up around Deva or actually past Deva, I guess, uh, up more around. Memus, memusium?
1: yeah, let's go with
2: that.
0: All right, that sounds good.
2: Memusium, I guess,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, none of we, us speak Latin, no, <laughs> right? Yeah. Latin
2: hasn't been spoken in like 1500 years. I think you will cut you the check,
0: <laughs> well, unless you're a cultist. I mean, maybe there's probably cheaper,
2: <laughs> you know, he's make Invictus after all, or, or a priest or a scholar,
0: right? True. <laughs> <laughs> so, I have no excuses. <laughs> Anywho, so we, we piled on a ship and uh, took that up to Diva Deva, uh, and then down south to Vericonium to speak with um, I was going to say Regina uh, Dorina's, uh weapons smith. Uh, we stocked up on some silvered weapons, traded in uh, a, a pretty useless spear, like I mean, it's okay but like, whatever. And Uh Macri, no, I'm Macrion. Jesus. Malachi uh wound up running into uh someone at the bar who pretty much gave us a lot of information. So I'm gonna flip my pages around here. Uh a bunch of people had seen the boar, which you know was killed by uh the other hunter, and then he went insane because it was actually a person. It hadn't hurt anyone. Uh, no one had been able to kill it. It was just kind of hanging around in the forest. Malachi found out that the forest was a sacred place. Oh, and by the way, this person happened to just like know who Malachi was, and just like started <laughs> to talk to him. That's kind of weird, but, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, the boar was there. There's was a sleeping god line. Was supposedly entombed or, or uh, held there, you know, with some magics or whatever. The Boar's territory was there uh, I think there was some information that maybe there were some other were creatures there, maybe that was speculation on our part there is a tanner that lives just outside of the woods uh, we were going to go and uh, talk to them to see what information that they might have but the, the woman that Malachi spoke to said that the tomb was there was marked with a great seal and she said to seek out the tanners so that's, uh, that's kind of where we're at I'm I'm passing the buck. (laughs) (laughs) All
1: right. Well, whatever you guys want to do from here is up to you. We can say after all of that uh, discussion, you turn in for the day. And uh, next morning, you're ready to head north to uh, the city of Mamuseum. And the woods you're looking for are just north of that city.
0: Oh, and we have Daisy too, along with another cart.
1: They (laughs) bought another. They bought it was a pony, or a a mule, a donkey. I think we got another donkey.
3: Yeah. Okay.
0: Someone accused us of being cheap. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Not (laughs) I. All
1: right. So next morning you head off in your little donkey, you know, your cart, and uh, head up the road. Uh, You get back to Diva. We're going to say you spend a day there just to, uh, you know, give the animal a rest. And uh, you probably pull in there before, you know, about sunset. And um, unless you guys want to do anything, you just find a, a rooming house or, you know, an inn, a traveler's inn and get dinner. You know, maybe hit the bathhouse, grab dinner, and you're ready to go out the next dawn.
0: I I think Macron would probably hit the gymnasium there too. Practice. Make a, a, make a luck check. Oh, all right. Rolling dice. Uh,
1: yeah, dice would be good.
0: Eighty four out of that's. Uh, what's my luck? Nope, luck's only sixty seven.
1: All right, they they do have a trainer, but they are are not in today. So, hmm. you do have. Uh, exercise equipment, but it's not, you know, you don't have anyone to spot you or wrestle with you or
4: box with you. So.
0: Uh, well, Malachi, yeah. Um, yeah, w- w- would you be interested in uh, perhaps uh, squaring off for a little bit?
4: You want me to kick your ass? Yeah.
0: I'll
4: do it. Oh, do it. oh. <laughs> yeah. well, no, sure. I, I mean, be, I don't mean it quite that. What's 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 both of your brawl? Well, I'm at 51. I'm at 89.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but I you... wrestle
4: the catshi.
1: Bo- bo- both of you roll that. <laughs>
0: All right. Forty nine. I passed. Oh fuck! Is that a hard <laughs>
1: success? Is that a hard pass, or that's a regular success? No, no,
0: it's 40, 49 under fifty
1: one. Okay, Malachi,
0: I rolled a ninety three. Oh!
1: <laughs> so Malachi, you're you're really good at like bare knuckle street fighting. But when it comes to classic Greco wrestling, he actually nails, you know, pins you and you realize, oh, there's a whole, there's a whole fighting style. It's not, you're not doing MMA. He has you to wrestle, you know, <laughs> so, uh, so you get both a, a good workout and Malachi, you kind of learned a few things about, uh, you know, groundwork. Okay. But he does surprise you as being a, a bit sc- scrappy when it comes to wrestling. So All the right, key so is we to can...
0: stay low and keep a wide stance. That so you can get under, under. Like you, you know, he's kind of like rocking back and forth.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so you get a workout, grab your bath, and you know a meal and uh, some a quick breakfast before you head out, and um, you end up in the city of Mammoseum You know, before nightfall the next day. So again, is there anything you guys wish to do here? We can definitely do that. If not, we can just gloss over. Say you find a rooming house, grab a bath, get some dinner, fall asleep, wake up, and head into head north into the forest. Or you can, you know, there's plenty to do here if you want.
3: I was going to say, I might want to go to a local bar and see if anyone has been talking about anything recently. has hmm. noticed anything or just kind of hear what's going on.
1: All right, I'm gonna say just roll a charm, to kind of be friendly, personable, um, <laughs> and be welcomed into conversation.
3: Okay, I don't got much of that, so
1: nope. <laughs> yeah, you're kind of you're kind of rough looking customer, and nobody really wants. Feels comfortable, um, but no, you don't find anything. Mm. Uh, you, you know, too terribly much. Um, nobody by now, nobody's really talking about you know. The boar or the hunter who came through, and you know, that's all it's been quite a while since uh, you started this, so many days have passed. Good. and there's new gossip.
3: Do I hear the new gossip?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Make a luck check.
3: Come on, I'll take whatever I can get at this thing.
1: I'm, I'm in the same bar, too. I can, okay, we can roll your charm and see what you guys can.
3: Oh, find. this one I get a 10 in nice. I don't even have to check it. Yeah, I'm lucky.
1: There is a two-person troupe of actors that they passed through a few days ago, and they've been in the uh, in the area performing for small villages and larger farms for you know food and drink. Um, apparently, uh, one they're they're uh, a Greek woman and a Celtic guy. Um, he plays harp and tells stories. And she pantomimes all of the parts using different masks. Oh,
3: okay.
1: Um, everyone's been very entertained, and they're hoping they come back. But they traveled north. Okay. They've been apparently doing a circuit. I think people are just calling them the players.
3: The players, okay. Other than that, there's
1: not a lot going on. It's, um, I really should have did a little bit more research on the town to give you some local color, but um, I didn't. Oh, <laughs> um, okay. It's a military fort town. Oh, there's a cohort of Roman auxiliaries stationed here. Okay. So the bar you're in is kind of a soldier's bar. Nice. So the the players came through and did uh, a selection of really body kind of hyper sexualized plays that are quite popular in Rome. So a lot of the soldiers are hoping that they do come back and and they tip them heavily. So yeah, it's a lot of the the Roman soldiers here are native Britons and there are a few people from Gaul, uh, from Belgica Mm. and even a few German troops uh, and uh, maybe a third of them are actually from uh, Syria and Asia Minor.
3: Wow. Okay.
1: Um you know so it's kind of a keep the peace um on the northern on the you know northern road on the north uh northwestern highway that leads up the coast to uh the Antonine Wall and then the you know beyond that the the Severan Wall so now you're getting into the north where um it's a lot less romanized than you're used to there are more and more Celtic faces to Roman and non-Roman. Mm-hmm. So pretty much all the non-Celts you're seeing here are, are almost soldiers or new settlers and business owners.
3: Okay.
4: Oscar, what's the appropriate role? I kind of am just, as I like to do, sort of sitting back in the background a little bit just looking at everybody and sort of chiming in or listening in as much as I can, but sort of insight, spot hidden, I don't know exactly what.
1: Um, nobody really seems a threat. Nobody really seems to be taking notice of you. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't pick up any rumors, like, I guess the players moving through the area were the only interesting thing that's happened here for a while. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you don't hear about the whole bore thing because nothing has really happened. You know, that's like weeks ago.
4: Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, um how long ago did the players come through?
1: The players came through. Uh, about three days ago, but they were slowly moving north, performing at all of the uh, the large farming estates outside of the city. And, um, you know, like any any settlement with more than a dozen people, they'd stop and perform for coins. Um, you do pick up one other thing that they actually are traveling in a, um, a covered wagon, a brightly colored color colored wagon
4: and they're generally heading in the same direction that we're going to be heading in.
1: Yep. Mm. Coincidentally.
3: Is it? (laughs) I wonder if we're going to find a new wagon. (laughs) Daisy (laughs) 3. They will all be named Daisy. That's it.
0: Oscar, just to
2: clarify. Are we maybe going to create a Daisy chain? Oh, God. <laughs> oh
3: sorry. yeah
0: is the the woman was a
1: Celt is that what you said? no, the woman was um was Roman she was oh, a, Roman. not Roman Roman but, yeah. Roman but provincial Roman, but provincial Roman nowhere near here. Some people are saying she had darker skin maybe uh maybe Phoenician, maybe Egyptian, definitely some part of Greek okay. And if you know Egypt and Phoenicia, they're all Greek. <laughs> they're, <laughs> I mean, these are all really big Greek. You know, it's all Greek to me. Uh, but yeah, none of the soldiers really, really know where she was from. Definitely not Britain.
0: Okay. Just in, you know, in case that turns out to be useful information to have later.
1: Um, what did you roll, Malachi? Did were of your did you roll a, a hard success? I I didn't actually roll.
4: I wasn't sure what to roll. Okay. Make a uh, make a charm and just kind of... Okay. Yeah, I'm not trying to really charm anyone. I'm trying to more sort of be background, fly on the wall kind of a thing. If you
1: join a dice game, okay, I will give you a bonus dice. All right. But I will also then make you do a luck check to see if you lose money.
4: <laughs> okay. Hey. Well, it just so happens that I like the dice. Um, is there a gambling?
1: We'll, we'll figure it out. Okay. Gonna, we'll do opposed uh, luck I'm rolls. Gonna
4: roll, I'm going to roll some dice then. How about that? Uh, okay.
1: So let's do your charm first.
4: Okay. Uh, so my charm is... Oh, I actually have charm. I have a, uh, I rolled a 38 and I have a 40 for charm. So. Nice.
2: okay.
1: Now, are you going okay. to intentionally lose at dice? Wait. Or are you going to try and play a fair game?
4: Oh, uh, I'm going to play a fair game. It's okay,
1: like... so only one bonus dice. Okay. If you were losing, they would have liked you even more. <laughs> 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 okay, so... Um, Luck with a bonus you,
4: dice. Well, so what was your first roll? For charm, was a 38 out of 40. I haven't rolled...
1: Okay, roll roll another 10 for the bonus dice that you're
3: gambling
4: with them. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Uh, Three or 30 or
1: whatever. So same thing. 30. All right. You find out two other things. One guy says that they were patrolling the wood, the base of the woods outside, just north of town. And they came upon... A group of people burying one of their dead, and it was a husband and wife, and uh a younger woman who was maybe their older child, maybe the wife's older younger sister. They weren't sure they were definitely a family, and they had dug two graves and when they said what had happened, um they just said that they were set upon by beasts which didn't seem odd because they seemed to be in the hunter-trapper trade. They were wielding bows and had wearing hunting leathers. Mm -hmm. Even the women. But you know how uh, the women in the north are. Yeah. And they said their accent put them somewhere um, north of Hadrian's Wall. Probably of the uh, Salganavi tribe. So they're not from they're not from anywhere near here
4: why were they coming down here with their bodies then
1: do you ask him that uh
4: yeah i'll say do you have any idea why they would come down this far then with
1: um we didn't question them there didn't seem to be any crime committed we just stopped them because you know see some people bearing a body maybe have a couple of questions
0: mm-hmm.
1: like- but uh we did get a look at the bodies and uh did look like they were attacked by wild beasts and uh there was a very strong family resemblance to the, the the man, and you know we really no one's come, no one's. We're we're you know we're policing the area for uh, to keep the roads safe, and they didn't appear to be bandits, so they would not really appear to be a threat.
4: Could they possibly have been Tanners? By the way, did you get a sense of that?
1: No, they were
4: hunters. They were hunters mm-hmm. coming down here to bury them.
1: Oh, I don't think they traveled here to bury their dead. They were just burying him in a. Simple plot and gathering up some stones to make a cairn. It seems that he died while they were down here.
4: Oh, okay.
1: But it wasn't any kind of grand funeral procession, if that's what you're thinking.
4: Oh, so they came down here and one or two of them died. Two of them. Died.
1: He's like, why? Why the interest? Are you uh, looking for them, kin to them? Do you have well, something to add?
4: I am trying to go find some tanners up near the woods north of here um glad oh,
1: yeah we've heard tell of them they
4: keep oh, yeah? to themselves hmm. but they seem like good people
1: well we've never heard prob- We've never had a problem with them they'll come in down twice two three times a year and sell their wares you only catch our notice if you're a problem uh, we forget they're there most of the time which is a good thing
4: did you have anything uh any run-ins with any of the beast reports that were in north of here in the woods
1: he goes. No, we don't patrol in the woods. Um, he says it's all uh, tavern tales and and uh, mothers talk to keep their children in bed at night. It's you know, you know stories of hobgoblins. It's, there, there's always something. Uh, I don't doubt that there could be something
4: odd in the woods, but
1: yeah. we're not going in it to it. It's yeah. not on the road. It's you know, yeah. road goes past it, not through it.
4: That's probably a sensible thing. Yeah, hobgoblins are make for funny stories. Sometimes those stories have a reason to be told though. But
1: And then one guy who's got like a scarred face says, "Hobgoblins hobgoblins aren't funny." Why? It was 5 years ago tonight and then some of the half the soldiers <laughs> lean in and half the soldiers have heard the story before and they're like, "Oh," and they, you know, wander off. And he goes into this long tale about um about snake men that live underground, like murderous snake men oh. that, that wield magic.
4: When wh- Where were these murderous snake men?
1: Do you pump him for Because if you buy him a couple of drinks I am and ask him questions, he will talk for four hours. <laughs> I will listen for four hours. Part of my job. All right. At this point, I want you to add 1% of Cthulhu to your Cthulhu Mythos score. Excellent. <laughs> nice. As he is actually a survivor of run-ins with degenerate, degenerate serpent men of Britannia.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. Awesome. But you are up half the night. Poor Macreon missing the story.
0: I know, right? <laughs> Fuck, I'm just like reading a book somewhere.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you could have read <laughs> a book about this guy's account.
4: Macaron, what is your Cthulhu method?
0: 13, I think.
4: 13. I'm up on you. I'm up on you.
1: Alright, so that ends the evening unless you want to get into any uh, other trouble.
4: Oh, roll your luck. Oh, Christ. Okay, here we go. You were, you were dicing. I was dicing. Uh, and... Okay, I made it. 49 out of, what's my luck? Um, yeah, yeah, I'm good.
1: So standard success, not a hard success?
4: Not a hard success.
1: You but. lose as many hands as you win, and you walk away without okay. losing anything. That's good.
4: And, but coming away with knowledge, so.
1: Right. All right, so it is the next morning. Uh, the woods oh, are. Wait.
4: Oh, but I meant that. Yeah, so that, that man thing, that was a while ago, right? Obviously.
1: Oh, he goes, yeah, I was, yeah, okay, I was okay. a much younger man when that happened. And yeah, we're just not, we're I would not have never followed movie. them into their lair okay. had I known what I know now. And then one of the guys says, you know, these lizards, these, these, these snake people get bigger every time you tell the story. Uh, <laughs> Syrian. He's like, piss off. You
4: know? <laughs> All right, smart people, what should we do?
3: So... Tracking, I guess, looking for prints on the ground, see if there's any uh, disturbances.
1: You're still in town.
3: Yeah, when we go to the forest. Sorry.
1: Okay.
0: So you head. What? Well, so we need to to speak with the Tanners. Yes, I mean that uh, the, the woman that Malachi spoke with uh, seemed to indicate that they uh, may hold some uh, some key to this, or, or, or some uh, some uh, font of information that we can glean uh, what what we may be up against.
4: And before that, though, there is this family of hunters that had a couple of their family members killed. Maybe we should. Try to find them, if we can.
0: I wonder if they are, uh, Doreenia, do you believe that uh, perhaps they are uh, members of, of your hunter's guild,
3: your, your group? They are far and few between, but they could possibly be. I,
4: I don't recall the name of the tribe, but they were of this tribe that was from well north of Hadrian's Wall.
3: Any chance that I would have known the Musk?
1: No, you don't usually get that far north.
3: Okay.
1: Um, that whole area was uh, Pictish territory less than a generation ago, so we're really talking the savage north.
3: Oh, okay.
1: Not not as far savage north as on the other side of the Severin Wall, which is Caldonia.
3: Okay.
1: Uh, but this is the uh, strip of land that was taken from the Picts during the last reign. Uh, but yeah, those those are some rough folk. All right. So, what's the plan?
0: I believe we uh, we need to uh, to find the tanners. Uh, uh, perhaps we can ask in town. Uh, they live on the north uh, side of the. the
2: they the say north? that
0: you easily find out that
1: there's only one uh, path that branches. It's right before the river crossing bridge, and um, they said it's it's a, they they come in with a there's like a slight path. Not quite a road, uh, better than a trail, that uh, branches off the road and into the woods. It's the only uh, trail through the woods. Hunters don't usually hunt here, so there aren't any hunting trails. And if you follow that, you should be able to reach the tanners. Uh, they live deep in the woods.
0: Hmm. Yes, well, and they
1: said they do. They're, although they're they're quite pleasant, I suppose. They're very. Uh, abrupt they're very brusque um and no one usually visits them so um don't i hope you're not easily offended
0: Uh, no no of course not
1: okay so is that what you do do you head along the road looking for this path
0: i think so i mean that that's the way to more information
1: all right darina roll your tracking
3: okay (laughs) <laughs>
1: 83 out of 70 okay um, you you get pretty much to the northern end of the forest and you reach the bridge crossing but you did not find the, uh, the trail so you realize that you've missed it but just on the other side of the bridge uh, pulled off to the side of the road you see a brightly colored ox-drawn cart with lots of streamers and uh, colored uh, veils set up almost like a, a tarp to make a shaded area. And uh, a rough camp has been formed.
4: Well, we know who that is. I rolled a 22 out of 27 on tracking, if that's worth anything.
1: Okay. So when you backtrack, you can find the path, or, uh, Malachi. But because you weren't backing her up when she failed it, you know, you're like, I thought I noticed something. But since you didn't say anything, I figured, yeah. you know, you're our tracker. So what do you guys wish to do?
4: I guess I'm going to go investigate the Bivouac, the makeshift camp for our thespians. Um, do some spot hidden. don't
1: um, no need to. They're not really hiding, so you don't need to make a spot hidden. You can just kind of walk up. Um, it's a nice camp. They have some good gear. Like they've got a, a grate over their fire and they've piled up stones around it. So they've got a, a nice fire and they've got a few rabbits cooking over it. Uh, a nice cast iron pot where the woman has set up some biscuits to, to make. So they're making their, they've started on their evening meal. And you see a very well-dressed native man. I mean, what I mean very well dressed, almost dressed like a, a noble, like a court noble of a Celtic court, you know, the whole nine yards. He's got the, the silver torque and he's got, you know, an ear cuff and uh, high boots, you know, very well dressed, uh, very good looking guy, actually, and in probably equally, if not better looking woman. And again, she does have those dark skin Greek features with thick dark hair, and she is dressed absolutely outlandishly. She's in like a a full of you know, you know, a full three layered uh, tunic dress with the shawl, heavily painted up. And it's funny because you guys are on the side of a road in North Britain, you know, miles, be- you know, just leaving one major city, miles from the next city, and she's up in cosmetics as if she was about to walk on stage mm-hmm. and as you approach they uh, they greet you this is greeting traveler greetings can we help you with something sir
4: we are travelers ourselves heading north I, we think we've heard stories of you two thespians, entertaining people along the way.
1: Ah, uh, they call us the they call us the players. I am Jago, and this uh, beautiful woman is Philomena. We're glad that our reputation seems to uh, precede us. Will you and your companions uh, sit? Perhaps you'd like to engage us in uh, a small performance
4: before dinner. I look around to my colleagues, who I should be following anyway.
0: macro just shrugs like he's not necessarily opposed to it but like we do have stuff to do <laughs> he's just going <laughs>
2: for many us yes. uh, we have been traveling for quite a little bit perhaps uh, a rest off our feet would be do us some good fine
1: fine that's quite fine they kind of take the, the biscuits off of the fire since they're going to be detained for a bit and they say uh, you know please uh, make yourselves comfortable, have a rest, and uh, we'll pick a play uh, based on just what we know about you, which is nothing other than what you're wearing. And they they look over and they kind of try and get a a feel for their audience. And they actually... She goes into the cart and pulls out, like, uh, comes back with a satchel of masks. And in it, you see, like, various masks. And... They do the story, a story that none of you except Arena has ever heard before. It's a traditional Celtic tale called Itain and O'Cade about a, uh, a man, his wife, and a fairy lord. It's kind of a love triangle, a tragic love triangle story. And as they tell the story, the woman pantomimes all of the roles. Like he's playing... And and orating the story in a very traditional Celtic fashion, and he apologizes. He says, "I'm going to stay, keep it in Latin, to you know, so everyone can understand what I'm saying. It would be much more beautiful in Brythonic." And she is, you know, a very talented actress, and puts on a, a really great performance. Um, long and short of the story is. Guy falls in love with a be- prince falls in love with a beautiful maiden while she's bathing marries her they're quite happy guy shows up he's a fairy lord traveling lost coming into the rain they invite him to stay for 3 days because after 3 days a guest becomes a burden during the 3 days he tries to seduce the wife who doesn't want anything to do with him and finally he tells her you're not really human you are my lover from Tirnanog, my wife found out and she cursed you, she turned you into a butterfly and commanded the winds blow you from the fairy realm you landed in the cup of a queen she drank you and then you were born as her human daughter but it is a slight curse and I can undo it, I've been looking for you these 20 years, woman says I have no idea who you are you're mad, I love my husband, leave me alone she gets it, he gets into gambling and card playing with the husband And he loses quite badly for two nights in a row. And on the third night, he wins quite a lot. And the host is now owing the fairy fairy lord a favor. He says, allow me to kiss your wife's hand and we'll call it even. She tells him, says, don't do it. Husband says, I have to. He's bested me, although I feel I've been cheated. And by morning, I want you gone, good sir. He kisses the wife. She turns back into a fairy. They flee to the fairy realm. The husband is devastated. He calls up his army. He attacks the fairy mound, wrecking it, trying to just batter it down with his army. And every morning when they wake up, the fairy mound is completely repaired. This goes on for a week. Everybody's tired. Everybody's aggravated. Including the fairy lord's men who have to repair all the damage the humans do every night. <laughs> and they're like, look, this needs to stop. We can't do this. The humans will never give up. You need to resolve this. So the king meets, the two kings meet, the fairy king and the, and the, the human king meet. And they say, look, she was never yours to begin with. She was always mine. She only forgot that. He goes, you stole her from me. I cannot accept this. You know, this is some magic you've placed upon her. She would have, you know, she begged me not to let you touch her. And I was a fool to let you. And he says, look, let's just settle this. Let her choose. He says, I I can't trust anything you do because you could have her enchanted. He says, well, if you really love her that much, then you'd know her from a thousand, from a hundred women. I'll put her in a group of a hundred women. If you could pick her out, you can have her back. Guy looks at his army. They're exhausted. They're about to just turn on him. He says he knows he's losing the support of his man. He says, fine. Fairy Lord shows up with 100 absolutely identical women. They all look exactly like his wife. He's been tricked again. So he walks among them, looking for some trace of who his real wife is. And knowing he's beaten, he starts to weep in sadness. His wife who now remembers her whole life as a fairy queen, as a fairy mistress, sees this human man that she had loved in her time crying and she just takes one deep breath in and lets one slow sigh out. And he turns to the woman who sighed and says that's my wife. And all of the other glamour women vanish. She turns back into a human. The fairy queen looks at her, betrayed and she just shakes her head and goes to her husband the fairy king leaves and that is the end of the tale they live happily ever after Hmm. so they pantomime this out with music and um, her costume changes she puts on different pieces throughout the performance and by the time they're done the moon has risen the stars are out, you've lost all track of time you've been completely enchanted And, and so ends their tale
0: could I? Well, so so if we're so if we're technically enchanted, then maybe not. But I was thinking as we sort of went into it, uh, could I make an occult role? Like, is there anything in the tale that sort of speaks to shadow war stuff? Are there any signs, sigils? Well, having the cart, having met
1: and dealt with fairies. You find the story to be quite true yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to their nature, and you can <laughs> right. honestly believe that at some point this might have actually happened sure sure um it it definitely fits what you've dealt with the 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 betrayal and the uh the deceit of the fairies
2: right okay. uh with Herminius's history. And study and, and, and past of uh, sorcerers and sorcery and such. Uh, and clearly, these people are extraordinary. Does he get a sense of any type of sorcery or mysticism in their actions that we perhaps should be. No, they, they seem. Okay. Um, there's no like detect magic role, right? Yeah. Uh, there's, um, they're quite but just in ter- like in terms, perhaps in in some of the uh the dance forms to to. Be no, these notified, are all very traditional. Like
1: these are okay. all very trad. What's odd is that they're mixing two very traditional things. He's like a traditional Celtic performer, and she is mm-hmm. more of a of a Greek Roman pantomime mm-hmm. artist.
2: Brings him back home.
1: <laughs> um, so they have a very nice, uh, you know, fusion art form going that seems to work quite well for them. Mm-hmm. And they put out the pot for for tips. And they say, although we have very little, we are willing to share what you have. If you are willing to share what you have, um, we have wine and would invite you to camp with us. It is it is safer in groups than on your own.
0: It seems the day has gotten away from us.
1: He says, "A good tale will do that." A good tale, and the woman takes off her mask and she says, "And a pretty face will do that." Yeah, indeed. And I'm uh, and the- they wow. immediately start drinking.
4: Oh, excellent! All right. While it was going on, I you know kind of I'm sitting back. Well, do you round. tip them
1: before? Sorry, Malachi, to cut you off.
0: Yeah, I, I would. Th- I don't know what oh, would yeah. be appropriate, like tip wise for the time, but yeah, definitely.
3: I would definitely tip a little extra just because it's like a nod to something I understand.
1: Okay. So
4: I appreciate
3: it.
1: So then they're way more friendly to you <laughs> because you've, you paid them for the performance.
4: Malachi, your question. Um, I, you know, just sitting back, checking out what's going on, looking at their camp, watching them. Um, I rolled an O six for spot hidden. Um, and I want to just also do an insight on them kind of just to get a sense of what they're about. Roll a 13 for Insight.
1: Okay. So, 13 on the Insight roll, and did you roll a spot hidden?
4: Yes. 0-6. What did you roll on that? 06.
1: You are a very suspicious person, Malachi. That's my job.
4: <laughs> That's actually what I'm supposed to be doing more of, and I haven't been doing enough of it, so...
1: <clears throat> you actually noticed two very odd things about them. The first is that you're really good at spotting people's hidden weapons and in Rome even though it's illegal everybody at least carries a knife Um, these two are traveling you know making money a beautiful woman with him going from town to town to town and they're both
4: unarmed oh shit
1: Um, you don't see a bow or a sword or a spear you don't even see a a knife tucked away under their clothing Mm. and as for insight they're trying to keep you here. And that might be more than just performers trying to earn a few coins. Um, they gave a level of performance that, uh, that would have been suitable for like a Royal court, just for the four of you sitting on, you know, stumps and rocks around a campfire in Northern Britain. Hmm. So they held nothing back with their performance. They obviously wanted to keep you entertained. And as they are starting to pass around a, a jug of very good wine huh. um, and asking if you have anything to contribute to dinner, they'll throw it in the pot and cook it up and make a communal meal. You realize that they may be trying to get information out of you as you are trying to get information out of them.
4: All right. Um, I, so they're passing around the wine, right? Right. Right.
1: And they're drinking from it. They're not. They actually drank from it before they passed it to you, mm-hmm. and it's really good. If any of you partake,
4: I'll have a, I'll have just a taste of it.
1: Yeah, it's some of the best you've had since you've come to Britain.
4: I'll have two, I'll have two tastes of it.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> so they ask, uh, "So what brings you? Uh, what brings you north? Um, north along this road? Are you?" Your cart seems rather small for traders on this long and lonely road. Um, you're heading all the way to the bo- the, the first wall, then, in uh, Lugavallium, which is literally probably about four days north along this road. But it's the only thing on this road.
2: No, no, not quite that far.
1: <laughs> then you have uh, friends or kin along the road somewhere.
2: No, uh, we have actually been hired. There is an uh, old trophy hunter that is preparing his last hurrah. And he sent us a head in order to, uh, to scare out any uh, potential hunts that he could go on. The one last head to hang above the fireplace well he'll be
1: sadly disappointed there was once a great boar who dwelt within these woods we were told but um that great beast was slain weeks ago other hunters are in the area looking for others of his kind but from what we heard tell uh, that great beast was uh a prince among boar it will be quite a long time before a beast as magnificent as that will ever grace these woods again that is a shame. Truth be and told, he though, says, though, he is and, and he says, "I will, I will so. pour out a swallow for the great beast of the Northwoods. And as he pours it out, he catches it in his hands and slurps it up. <laughs> <laughs> and she says, "And I will pour one out as well." And she does, you know, into her mouth. And they both laugh. Surely you have heard tales of the the the, the great the great boar of the north. I wish I had before this, or else I would have made haste. If I was not so thirsty and tired from playing, I would, we, would, we would tell you the story of the Great Boar of the North. We're actually here to gather as much details as we can. Hearing that the Great Beast has been slain, we wish to add a new chapter to its great tale to, uh, to find out anything we can about how it met its demise so that we could add it to our performance. Uh, we heard tale that... a. Uh, uh, A hunter uh, had killed it and then uh, took some of its body uh, north-south. Would you know anything about that? Uh, Judging by your clothes and your accents, you seem from the south. And the woman says, very far south, across the Oceana Britannicus in in (laughs) the east, for most
2: of you, I would say. And they, they both laugh. Indeed, your your dance brought uh, fond memories of hope.
3: No, I have not heard of any hunters coming up around this way. Uh, Do tell more.
4: Oscar, can I do do an insight on them to see if they're totally realizing we're full of shit?
1: Yes, because I just rolled their insight on Darina saying, who's dressed as a hunter saying she doesn't know anything (laughs) about hunters.
4: (laughs)
0: Yeah.
4: Uh, yeah, 43 out of something much higher than 43.
1: They've picked up that she lied. They are pumping you for information.
0: Hey, everybody. Before we wrap up this episode, I'd like to take a minute to say thank you for tuning in. We hope you're enjoying the podcast from our interviews and actual plays to our rambling roundtable discussions. If you like what you're here and you'd like to support the show, we have great sponsors for you to check out. Birds of a Feather Coffee Company is a small batch craft coffee roaster and is our OG sponsor. They have three signature blends to choose from. The Morning Lark, which is a light roast. The Night Owl Blend, which is a rich dark roast. And the Hummingbird Decaf Blend. They also have the exclusive Legendary Brew, a nice medium roast coffee, perfect fuel for all those late night gaming sessions. If you use the code LEGENDS10, you'll get 10% off your order and shipping is always free. So head on over to tinyurl.com forward slash legendarybrew or click on the link in the show notes. Thanks, everybody, for checking it out. We'll catch you next time. This podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop broadcast network. For more gaming-related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com.
1: Give me a second. You can edit this out, right? Yep. yep. All right. Yep. Thanks to the internet, which is not just for porn anymore.
3: <laughs> the not for porn. for porn. The internet's for porn. Grab your dick and double click for porn. We're definitely going to need to
2: edit that out, Regina. Thank you. <laughs> if, if For nothing else but for the copyright. Yeah, that's
3: fine. your copyright problem.